Telling the Tale. It's the Telltale Podcast. I'm Wolf. I'm the video games one. This is Dustin. He's the cartoons one. We're playing New Tales from the Borderlands Episode 2, Disruptive Product. Hey, Dustin. Hello. That was, you, you just jumped right into that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, fastest I've You're ever done You're on a roll. Because I just want to talk about New Tales from the Borderlands Episode 2, Disruptive Product. That's what I want to do today. Wow. You know what? I could I could go for that. Yeah, same uh, same credits information as last episode, same release date information from last episode, which is, uh, you know, it's made by Gearbox, not Telltale, and it came out in just October of this year, so it's pretty pretty topical, pretty recent still, and we're just, we're in the thick of it now. We've come out of the honeymoon phase that is the first episode of any season of Telltale. I, I'm, I'm beginning to realize that the first episode is for everything from this point on probably just going to be the best by far <laughs> wow you, i that seems like a hint at your feelings for this episode well on, on the one hand i don't think it's a problem that the first episode is the best by far i think that you know starting your thing which is where most people are still playing it because people might drop off later on Right. You you want to make a you want to make a good strong first impression. Yeah, the the best episode of your series should be number 1, the second best should be number 5. And right. then maybe the third best should be the middle, fourth best should be number 2 and <laughs> the worst should be number 4. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we got those statistics, but uh Given that we weren't super in love with the first episode of New Tales from the Borderlands, we didn't hate it, but it, it wasn't great, and you, you say the first one's going to be the best one by far, I think that kind of <laughs> sets a tone for what we're in for with this episode, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, not that bad of a thing. There are, uh, there are Telltale series out there that I love that we've already talked about. That the first episode is my favorite episode by far. Right. And that's great. That's that's totally fine and dandy. But just the fact that this first episode was not that great. <laughs> no, it was not good. <laughs> and, <laughs> you're, and you're saying... This episode was not good. Well, the, the first episode, I... Okay, let, let's not be revisionist. We, we liked parts of it. We, we said yeah. so much. Um, I've got it fresh in my mind uh, because I edit the show. And, and I hear us talking about it. Our main takeaway was like, okay, the writing is not nearly as relatable and it feels a lot more quippy, a lot more Avengers Age of Ultron era Joss Whedon, right. uh, which we, we, we don't like. <laughs> uh, and, and it was especially bad in the Anu section compared yeah. to the Octavio and Fran section. That's true. That's true. And so it so it was unbalanced, and we we liked certain things. I think you really liked Stapleface as a character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought she was pretty good. Uh, uh, like I, I, she's a lot. She's a very uh, she makes a strong impression. Whether or not that's good or bad depends. But I thought she was good. Yeah, I liked the dynamic between Octavio and Louis, the killbots. Yeah, that was good. I liked the uh, the the workmanship that they were showing. With Fran in the Frogert shop, yeah, yeah, I like all all of that stuff. Mostly stuff that was interesting dynamics between believable characters, um, sort of showing the more mundane side of this epic universe, and very classic. Hey, just 
these are very good. I think Octavio and Louis, especially, really pass the, uh, like, could you pitch this game in an elevator? Right? right. Like, those characters are, are such good, like, hey, this is, like, a, a streetwise rogue, but he's actually maybe not as streetwise as he likes to pretend he is. He's trying to start a business, and he's friends with this killbot who is a very polite guy, but if he learns someone's name, he does have to kill them if they have a bounty on their head. And between just those two, like, I, I just did it in, in less than five seconds, ten seconds? Who knows how much time that was? Yeah, I I'm sold. The, yeah, you pitch that in an elevator, you get money from the guy you're talking to immediately. They don't <laughs> have to work in takes. their games industry. <laughs> I, I have no idea who you are. I was just going upstairs to fix the pipes. Yeah. But here you go. <laughs> I was going to spend this money on a hip like on a hip replacement, but this is better. Now it's yours to do with what you want. Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't like this episode. Yeah. I wouldn't even say there's stuff about it I do like, honestly. <laughs> uh, tiny moments. I, I can pick out Shine. There, there's a couple. Yeah. Well, but... it doesn't help that this episode's also very short. Yeah, okay. The, well, you think it doesn't help. I, I would argue that a bad episode being short is good. Oh, no, that helps me. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like it's great that you're playing something not very good for less amount of time. But, like, it, you don't get, you have less time to get good moments out of it, I guess. That's true. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That That's true. I expected... When it ends, I, I expected at least like a whole other leg of the episode. To, to, yeah. to, to quantify how little time it took, I started the episode at about 11.30 p.m. last night. I'm a bit of a night owl. That's my <laughs> yep. thing. Yep, kind of a night owl, kind of a nighthead. <laughs> kind of a moonhead, we call it. <laughs> I'm a bit of a moonhead, so I started at 11.30 p.m. last night, finished at... Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty. Today. Wow. Yeah, so like one hour. That's crazy. That's not very long. Yeah, it really isn't. It's just uh it it's it's significantly shorter than the first episode. And it's significantly shorter than like any episode. Is it the shortest episode that we've ever done? Maybe? I can't think of any that are shorter. Yeah, I mean, we've got through the poker games faster, probably. Um, well, but... part of that was also because I couldn't stream Poker Night 2 very much. <laughs> I think we, uh, Poker Night 2 we actually probably played longer. Uh, we, mm. we couldn't get as much out of it because of the streaming problems, but... Yeah. Um, uh, there, there was more content in there. More Certainly more content than one hour. That's true, yeah. I, I would much rather play Poker Night 2 over this. <laughs> that yeah. That's mean, but I, I like the Poker Night games. Um, and I just really didn't get much out of this episode. I, I can't think of any good stuff. Like, we were talking about, yeah, the first episode has some uh, good stuff we genuinely enjoyed. Here, I don't... It, it feels like Anu's quippiness rubbed off on everyone. It seemed like 
she maybe displaced it because she seems maybe a little better. Not good enough to be weekly guy or anything, but yeah, she's now my favorite. She was my favorite <laughs> of the three main ones this episode. Yeah, uh, just because Octavio is now the like comic. Re- I guess he always was poised to be it, but he was he was like naturally funny in the first episode. Yeah. Just him living. I probably didn't appreciate it enough at the time because it was just such a natural kind of character. Him living in on this world felt like, yeah, I just live here. This is how you would act if you lived here. Yeah, now he kind of feels like the bumbler of the group. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And Fran feels very inconsistently written in this episode, I feel like. <clears throat> Fran, it's... It's such a bummer that the two of the three characters that we pointed out from last episode of like, okay, I I didn't like the Anu sections. They seemed um, written for maybe a younger audience, a more, this is, I think I said this last episode and if I didn't, I'll, I'll say it again now. And I don't mean offense to this for anyone who's in these communities, but it, it, it seemed like the specific kind of writing that you would get in a lot of uh like fan fiction like online right. fan fiction and mm. in those places i think that that's very appreciated because you're showing characters that exist in maybe larger than life ways if they're from harry potter or a superhero movie or pokemon or something and you're making them more relatable more funny more like yeah i'm gonna make a little joke that's not funny and people are gonna enjoy it for what it is because it's this extra extracurricular thing that you can engage with outside of the main canon of the thing that is the fan fiction of right and and that's that's like what that kind of fiction's role for a lot of people who read it is and then this is like that but it's it's the original article so there's nothing in your mind to go like, oh, this person wouldn't act this way. You just have to say, oh, this person is this. And yeah. this is uh, not not like fully baked, not fully hardened all the way through. It's, it's very squishy and it's very um, under underdone. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it sucks because it... it... To me, it felt like Fran's story in the first episode was was the most, uh, the one I felt the most sympathy for and, uh, felt more real as a character, I guess. Like, okay, so in the first episode, it feels like she's really trying to keep her anger in check. Mm-hmm. Really, like, we didn't, we didn't kill Hank was his name. I, I know you, name? Henry. I know you, I know you have the choice to kill him or not kill him, but mm-hmm. it, it's just weird to go from not killing him. And then in this episode, Fran's just all about killing. Yeah. Almost to the degree where a couple times I felt like, okay, did you not remember me saying what I said last episode? Yeah. It felt like, okay, well, I, I guess the choices I made for her personality didn't really matter. Um, and this is just who Fran is. They were like, sorry, you played the game wrong. This, this is Fran, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You guessed wrong with what <laughs> Fran, we, we want Fran to be. <laughs> yeah, turns out she actually loves killing and will at any chance she gets, no matter what. Yeah, so, so this version of Fran that is a part of a triumvirate rather than the main character of her own story is a lot more aggressive, a lot more about, like, 
I'm bored when I'm not killing. Yeah. And and like <laughs> which is crazy to be considering who she was before. Yeah, I like I get if you want to make that her character, I think I don't necessarily think that doesn't work in this group dynamic. But if you're giving us the option to not be that first, you can't just make her that after. Yeah, same deal with Octavio. Uh in the yeah. first episode, they they do something that, in retrospect, I probably should have called my choice cut, because I actually like it a lot, where Louis is talking to Octavio about his uh, past thievery, and you have the choice as Octavio to say, hey, I really don't do that anymore. Or, I mean, I, you know, I do it to survive. Or, yeah, I'm a thief, what of it? And you can <laughs> choose, in, in that moment, it felt like you were choosing the actual backstory of Octavio. He's not lo- choosing what lie to tell to Louis. He's letting you, the player, decide, okay, what kind of Octavio do you want to be? Yeah. Uh, and, and would be more comfortable role-playing as. Which is cool because I, I think much more than any other Telltale game in this format, Tales from the Borderlands was very Dungeons and Dragons in so far as we're, we're going to pre-roll your characters, but you are choosing how to play your Reese and Fiona. Yeah, exactly. And the first episode of this felt like you were still doing that, at least with uh, with Octavio it, it, or, or with Fran. Like, I could totally imagine one of my friends playing a or, or like DMing a game of Dungeons and Dragons where uh, I got to be Fran for a session and just like do ice cream. And you, you have a weird side, not like big stakes thing, but kind of like. Big stakes for the moment thing of Hank freezing in the freezer. Yeah. Um, I, I think I've, I've realized that that kind of thing is not what is uh, included in this episode that is in the last episode. It's yeah, it's just it those sucks. side small moments with yeah. Hank in the freezer. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's it's really disappointing. But yeah. then's the breaks, I guess. Then's um, the breaks. Quick aside, um, mm-hmm. so a friend was messaging me on Discord while we were recording, and he asked, uh, what's up? And I told him, I'm recording Telling the Tale. Uh, you know, I told him about the podcast, he knows what I do, and his response was, telling the tale of what? Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> so, did they forget... <laughs> <laughs> Did they forget that you told them about the podcast? <laughs> no, they were just doing one of their silly trademark bits, and I laughed. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we could it do ma- a Frankenstein made- episode. That made me laugh more than anything in this episode, I think. I didn't get any <laughs>, laughs from this episode, but I do have some quotes that I wrote down as like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I-, I got a few, too. <laughs> oh, boy. So... I think this would be a very good candidate for that thing that we sometimes do, where we try to describe the entire plot of the episode in less than a minute. Okay, uh, which one of us wants to do it? You do. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Thanks for <laughs> letting me know. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, okay, I'm so... looking at the time, and you can go whenever you're ready. Okay, uh, three, two, one, let's jam. So uh, our three heroes meet up in Fran's destroyed frozen yogurt place. And they learn about the the missing vault key. Um, Reese calls and says, "Hey, uh, can you like get that back for me?" And they're like, "Okay, well, why not? What what do we got to lose?" So they go after the vault key into the sewers, 
uh, they fight a guy with their little figurines, their little vault landers, and then they get to go ahead. And so the the soldiers from Tidior, they open the vault with the vault key and uh, spooky monsters come up. Uh, you get to go through the vault and look for treasure. Um, you find a giant monster with a big green jewel. You kill the monster, take the jewel, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. That's way faster than a minute, too. You had, like, ten seconds left. Yeah, nothing really happens. I mean, stuff happens in this episode, but it, it feels like one of our classic episodes that's just there to get the story where it needs to be. Yeah, I guess in, in terms of getting us on the plot that they want us to be on, it does the job pretty well. It starts with that conversation between uh, Octavio, Anu, Louis, and Fran. They're all sort of meeting each other. Most of them already knew each other in, in, in uh, the abstract, especially Anu and Octavio. But now they're all, as a team, meeting each other. And they decide to go after this vault key at the behest of Reese calling Anu because, well, each of them has their own reason. Uh, Anu reckons it'll probably... Well, actually, that's an interesting thing with Anu. But but Octavio wants it because he could become rich. Louis yeah. just wants to hunt things. He's, he says, I, I just enjoy it. I, I have a fun time hunting. <laughs> Whether it be fun. a vault key or a, a paid assassination, it's, it's fine. I, I just have a fun time. That is uh, a new side of his character. Up till now, we just thought he's here to kill and that's it. But he just likes hunting. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit last time because I, I think you were making the point that um, that Louis had ex- expressed that he doesn't like the killing. He's just programmed to do it. And I, I wasn't necessarily on that wavelength as much. I, I felt like Louis did not seem to care about it at all. Turns out, both wrong, he just likes hunting. He's in it for the hunt. He's in it for the hunt. Which I can respect. And uh, Susan Coldwell, the president of TDR or empress of i don't know what their title is but they're in charge of TDR. when she belittled fran in the last episode fran was like oh i I might kill her (laughs) and uh just the fact that getting this vault key would upset TDR is all the reason that fran needs to join the little DD party and it reminded me a lot of uh some kinds of t uh of dd dnd what is up with me today, man? What's up with me? <laughs> Fix me, Dustin. I'm trying. I'm trying. It reminds me a lot of some D&D games where um, they, they have to start you in a tavern. And in this case, it's an exploded Frogurt shop. And just hope, like, please, please, I'm the DM. Players, just decide to be a party. Don't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> you can be weird and roleplay as soon as you're... Together, as soon as like you, you you're all together, just just come together, make up whatever whatever bad reason you need to become a party, and then go on the adventure together. Then you can have your infighting. Then you can have your disagreement on politics and morality and whatever. Just get there first, and uh, <laughs> they they really need that to happen because Anu. It doesn't really make sense that she wants to do this. Yeah, um, so when they're all saying their big motivation, she says, uh, 
to to just make life better for mm-hmm. people. Yeah. But that's a very vague concept that yeah. I I guess doesn't necessarily <laughs> tie into this as well. Yeah, because they hear that the vault has a, a very special weapon in it. It's maybe more special than most vaults. Mm-hmm. And if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Yeah, I'd have two nickels, which is too many for only 10 episodes of a thing. But uh, I I guess her, well, the the reasoning that Octavio gave Anu in my version of the game, and it is a choice, Octavio's the person that convinces Anu, and however he does it, she goes with it, but you have a choice of of how to convince her to do it. Right. Um, And for me, Octavio just says, Look, if Tedior gets it, that's really, really bad. So <laughs> if if we get it and then maybe we forward it to Atlas or maybe we keep it on our own and do our own thing with it, we can at least guarantee that Tedior is not going to be the person with this much power or right. the company with this much power, uh, which made sense to me. But I, I looked before we started the recording, folks, gang, gang, if you will, uh, we shared or Dustin shared his end of episode choices with me so i saw his choices and it looks like you used octavio to convince anu that whatever was in the vault was just really really cool yeah so that's a different way of doing it yeah i mean same results i guess at the end of the day oh anything yeah she has to join the party yeah so it it really feels like something that does not matter that much but it's a choice yeah, it's it's this uh I don't I don't think well, okay, I'm 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 a little hmm I'm conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> because I was going to say I don't think they should have had any of the game before this moment because just like that uh D&D game starting in the tavern, sometimes it's better as a DM to just say, "Okay, we're starting you on a mission. You're in a caravan, you're going to the place." You've already agreed. Don't tell me you didn't. You just did. You already agreed to be a party. So you're together. And that's how you can get the gang together. And <laughs> sometimes you can do better than that. Right? Like sometimes uh, I, DM- I DM'd a game for, for you, Dustin. And, and that's true. Or other of our friends. There was a, a party of five. And uh, I felt like the way that you all as players worked to come together was pretty cool. And it it worked out. You you all yeah. became a party fairly uh, stresslessly on, yeah. on my part. Good job. Good good job. But you know what would be way easier is if I was writing all the characters, including the PCs, and I could just give you whatever reason to become a party. The the fact that this is even reminding me of that is weird, right? Because. In in true authored fiction, and this is the big difference between this and, and D&D, they are writing the player characters too. They mm-hmm. didn't need to make it like a weird contrived reason that they joined the party. They could have made it a good reason. Right. Um, so what's up? Why didn't they do that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I will say, I think I prefer having the build up. Like, if they just yeah. had them immediately be a party, I would not be as invested, I think. Um, uh, maybe. Well, mm. that that was me being conflicted because the first episode was the better episode, so I wouldn't want to yeah. lose it. 
This uh, would be a much yeah. worse first impression if it were the first episode. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, if, yeah. I, I, I feel I, like I wonder if we would even have uh, like if we played this as the first episode, we might have had a phone call <laughs> before <laughs> recording this part of the podcast where we said maybe we shouldn't actually. Yeah, maybe this maybe we don't actually have to. It's not. It's not going to be a numbered episode anyway. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, now we're in for it. In for a penny, in for a pound. We're two episodes in. We will finish New Tales from the Borderlands unless one of us dies beforehand. Yeah, I feel like if we didn't have that first episode setting up these characters, I probably would have liked them a lot less in this episode. Oh, speaking of us dying beforehand, I guess that could happen. That's uh, true, we could die. If if I die... Okay, let, let's both... If one of us dies before we finish all the Telltale episodes, okay. I think that we need to have in our wills uh, someone to replace us on the show. <laughs> I'm going to pick someone who doesn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's in our wills. They have to. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You got to respect a dead man's wishes. Um, hmm. Who would you pick? Hmm... Who, who, keep in mind, I, it's me alive, you dead, and I, I talk with them now. Okay. Who would you want me to do this with? I feel like you and Jeff always have good little back and forths, and I feel like it's the only way to get them to play games like these. Well, well, I don't know, because he, he sounded pretty interested in playing Walking Dead someday. Yeah, and I think he would like Walking Dead. I don't know if he would get yeah. anything out of this one, but uh, oh, definitely not. <laughs> but that's his problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna be dead. Why do I care? Who would you pick? Um, I'd pick. I think. I think Courtney. Yeah, I I was thinking Courtney. I was thinking Jeff, Courtney, and Adam. So so listeners who aren't as familiar with all our personal friends, uh, <laughs> well, you'll remember Courtney from the finale of the wolf among us yeah they're familiar uh they're not familiar with jeff though they don't know jeff he's just a guy he runs a <laughs> golden sands blog post thank you that's a better way to describe him <laughs> he's some guy who runs it he's he's a, a a large figure i would say within the sea of thieves community yeah i mean he's not that large i could take him oh yeah i could probably fight him <laughs> i lied i could not fight jeff well, you're going to make me fight him if if you die, so... Oh, is this how I die? <laughs> me deciding I prefer the podcast with that way? Oh, no, I was thinking Jeff just kills me. Oh, to, in order to get on the spot. podcast. Because yeah. he wants to that bad? He his has made fist, no... <laughs> his, his fist goes through my head. Yeah, yeah. Jeff has given me no indication he would want to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, his his problem now. <laughs> yeah, it's in our wills. What are you going to do? Yeah, sorry, bro. Fuck you. So, here here's something that is interesting to me. They've Give me decided, something to chew on here. Gearbox, the writing team on this game, has decided that the party, canonically, the ones we are, are Anu... Octavio and Fran. Yup. Louis is clearly a friend and ally, but not the main, not in the main party. Yeah, that 
that's interesting to me that this time you play as all three. Like, I think our group in the first Tales from the Borderlands felt like a party, even though you only play as two of them. But here your party is just who you're playing as. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that that introduces two weird things. One, uh, Fran has an entrance to the sewer in her shop. Yeah. Which is very convenient and great. <laughs> uh, it just it gets you to where you need to go faster. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and she just opens the ground and you can go into the sewer. And uh, she, when you all do that, she tells, okay, Louie, guard the shop. And Louie's like, why? The the shop is not guard worthy. It's all broken. Ew. Which is a good point. But also, why not bring him? Yeah, he seems like he would be useful. Yeah, if anyone should guard the shop, Fran should guard the shop. She's still just a Frogert person. Yeah, I mean, she she is very, she comes in handy in the episode, but I, I can't help but feel like she does not outweigh Louis's usefulness. <laughs> yeah, until she does any of this stuff, I don't think she's on anyone's radar. Yeah, like, I mean, to be fair. Why not stay around the, sh- the shop? To be fair, I think Fran might be more helpful than Octavio, maybe. I think Fran... Well, Fran has proven herself I've, many times in this episode to be uh, maybe the only useful person. Yes. Because, yeah, exactly. Well, really, it's just the chair. The chair has yeah. gadgets. And that's that's it. <laughs> the yeah. The chair has gadgets. It can freeze things and uh, punch things pretty hard. And it flies... I like that it can punch things. I like that it's just able to punch things. That's a cool thing. I, I like this chair. Yeah. You know what? Maybe they left Louie just because leaving anyone else besides maybe Fran would be... Like, what are they going to do if anyone comes? They're not... Like, Anu and Octa- Octavio are not going to protect this shop or do much of anything. So maybe they need one useful person in each spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know the reason they left Louis, Louis was that um, he is probably too overpowered. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the the game wants you to become better friends, you the player, with Fran, Anu, and Octavio. Yeah. I, I want Louis to be part of this group. I want Louis to become... I want a meter between, like, Anu and Louis. Or Fran and Louis. They, Fran doesn't like this killbot. I would want to see them bond and grow and like each other. Well, yeah, it seems like... Early in this episode, uh, Anu hates the fact that there's just a killbot around. Because she correctly understands this to be very dangerous to have. Uh, right. And then later in this episode... Um, or, or or still early in the episode. Sorry, uh, Fran hates this killbot. She, for no real reason, I think she just yeah. Keeps I don't really get it. Being mean to him, and I I, I don't, don't think like I don't think yeah. I don't think they said why she doesn't like Louis. Well, at one point, Louis says like, "Why am I guarding the shop? It's already broken." And Fran's like, "Hey, don't you say that about my shop?" But it's like. Well, clearly it is. That's not a pride thing. That's a there's a hole in the wall thing. That's yeah. <laughs> don't be mad about that. That doesn't make sense. 
it's great that you love your shop, but there is very little reason to protect <laughs> what's less left of it, I guess. Well, yeah, and even smaller reason to be mad that he said that. Yeah, it is just, it is broken. Yeah, last he episode, was she was fact. trying to get insurance on it because it's broken. If anyone understands it's broken, it's her. Yeah, exactly. You know what you just reminded me of? Um, th- This isn't like a massive thing, but... um. I feel like the money mechanic never comes up here at all. Which well, is... I was waiting the whole episode for one of those patented "you can walk around" movements. Yeah, that, that uh, mo- or moments that the first episode <laughs> had a few of. Yeah, one of those classic. You, you got to wait to be given the chance to walk around in this game, and I, I was right there with you because last time we got a few. Here we get like one. Yeah. Uh, no, very we get zero. Short. No, we get one where we can walk around. When you're when you're scanning with oh Anu. yeah, as Anu, you're right. Yeah, but that's still just a single one. Yeah, and I I don't think there's anything cool to find, or at least I didn't find anything cool. If you explore the piles of bones, you can find like a dollar in them. Oh well, <laughs> nice. I I missed out on a dollar, I guess. Yeah, I well, actually multiple dollars because there's a few skeleton piles. So you could oh, get damn. like three dollars. I could have had multiple dollars. Yeah, pretty nice up here on top. <laughs> I found uh, I found some runes on the wall that Anu transcribed. And yeah. Did you f- see these? I did see these. And it was an advertisement for a rune engraver. <laughs> I, I guess that's a laugh I got. I was like, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and, and there's a line there that says, we even do ceilings. And then she looks up, and then it says, see? And I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. something. Yeah, I, I guess it, it's a little bit of a, a... A little bit of a window that we don't often get, I presume, in the other Borderlands games as well, into how this ancient civilization that actually set all this stuff up originally... Uh, that that's like thousands and thousands of years ago and they're long gone how they lived right i like the idea of them just having people who do it yeah yeah it, it, that's fun that's fine <laughs> that's world building mitchell <laughs> um i wanted to talk about a moment there, there, there's three moments i we got to talk about we've already talked about the whole backbone of the episode Right. They they get into the vault, they get the crystal, and it, it seems to have healing powers. But when Anu touches it, she uh, gets, like, possessed for a moment, and she doesn't seem like she's doing well. It reminds me a lot of when Reese put Handsome Jack in his head, but it doesn't seem yeah. exactly like that. We'll see in mm-hmm. the next episode, I imagine, what that means for Anu. Uh, right. The thing is, in the first season of uh, Tales from the Borderlands that they do that like right away so by this point we would be finding out like what's going on but it feels like this story is building very slowly yeah and i think maybe that's just like a another one of these pacing issues with how long these episodes are because i looked at how long to beat.com on this game Mm -hmm. and they don't have it episode by episode because it was not released as episodes which makes sense right the whole game they they say it's like 10 10 and a half hours which so is an around... average of just over two hours per episode. Yeah. So this is a weirdly short one, which makes me think, okay, next one's going to be three, four hours uh, <laughs> to make up for it. Or or like, are these just going to be very, very weirdly paced episodes? 
I mean, if it's 10, 10 and a half and it's five episodes, that, yeah, that's, boy. <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I, I'm cool with it because of the way that we're recording it, where we're playing one episode per week. It does feel weird. Uh, yeah. Because we're expecting a, a similar amount of content every time. Whereas I think most people aren't because it was released all at once. They're just going to kind of play through it as one continuous package. And for them, it matters a lot less how long. Yeah, ex- exactly. Is. Yeah, it, it's so, less of an issue overall. So I won't hold it against it. I'll just say for how we're doing it, it's kind of weird. But yeah, it's yeah. it's throwing me off. But it did mean we didn't have to play as much. So mm-hmm. um, so there is a moment. This is the moment I want to talk about. Oh, after the TDOR goons open up the portal and the uh, the vault monsters come out and kill them all, Fran, Octavio, and Anu, who are watching from a distance, sort of escape into a like a crack in the wall, and Fran uh, purposefully caves them in with a good cave punch and like drops some rocks on the entrance so that they're safe, so they can't yeah be got by these. Very, very powerful and merciless vault monsters that are just killing everyone. Yeah. At this point, um, Octavio calls his buddy Paco from Paco's Tacos. Of course. That we met in the last episode. The one who has uh, ratch pets and ratches are just like really mutated, gross looking rats. Uh, Juniper... Paco's Ratch can sniff its way through tunnels and stuff. And uh, Octavio's idea is we'll use Juniper. We'll get Paco to put Juniper down here. And it will show us the way out of this cavern and into the vault. Mm -hmm. Like through the back way so that the vault monsters can't see them. Um, So... They do this, and while they're while Anu and Octavio are kind of like shimmying through cracks in the wall, they realize, oh, Fran both maybe is physically too large to do this, and is also in a in a hard chair that like can't go through the crack. So yeah. they have this like sad moment. There's some mu- there's like sad music, and Octavio's like, no, no, Fran, we'll come back for you. And Fran goes, just go, just go. As if, like, she's making this big sacrifice. <laughs> By the tone in your voice, I think we can tell that this big sacrifice is not as big as it seems. Less I timed it. Less than one minute later. <laughs> they show Juniper, Anu, and Octavio emerging through, uh, like, the, the tunnel that they had been spelunking through and into the room with the portal to inside the vault and they're like man fran should have been here to see this fran Fran really should have been here and then fran punches a hole in the wall and it's not it's not i don't think it's played for laughs like did you really think she was gone it's serious because she's like yeah did you miss Miss me me? and then octavia's like (laughs) fran yeah like she's been gone for an episode or two like that's the that's the vibe less i can't than believe a you're minute. alive yeah it made me so mad <laughs> mitchell the way you said that 
<laughs> this is going to be great for our listeners, but the way you said that reminded me of a Family Guy joke I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's in, uh, it's in I think, the second season, and uh, Peter's watching the Jetsons. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> George is on the treadmill. He says, hey, Jane, get me off this crazy thing. And then he comes in all, all beat up. And he's he's very angry at Jane, and he says, "For forty five minutes, I was out there screaming." <laughs> <laughs> and, and you you had the same energy when you said a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I get most of my comedy stylings from Family Guy. You, yeah, you had real strong George Jetson, but in Family Guy vibes. That's what I'm. That's what I'm aiming for. That's every young podcaster's dream vibe <laughs> to put out. Yet, yeah, yeah, no, I thought exactly the same at this scene. I was baffled at how it played out. Because, <laughs> like you said, it's yeah. not like it's played as a joke. It's not like they went like, "Oh, oh yeah, there she is, cool." It yeah. like it's played up like it's supposed to be like a a big thing, and like maybe that's the joke that they're playing it so serious. But if that's the joke, it, they don't do it very well. Yeah, they they did put. A subtitle on the corner of the screen when Anu and Octavio are emerging from the the, the the crack in the wall that says some time later. So, like, in-universe, they're saying that Fran's maybe been gone for a, a, a while, and maybe it took 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Not, like, days, just, you know, some time <laughs> to right, get and- through this. I feel like this would have worked fine if you, like, like, this episode's short enough already. Maybe do a part that shows what happened during that sometime later. Yeah. Maybe, like, have a part with Fran separate from the other two or something. Something that at least makes it feel like it's been some time. Yeah, I mean, this would this would totally be the part in, a, 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 I mean, it, it's hard to say what Telltale would have done, right? But if right. this were Telltale, I would imagine that they would use this opportunity to have Anu and Octavio by themselves pushing through this crack in the wall. And, and explore their relationship and why they're... Because at the they're beginning... They're siblings, yeah. Like, yeah. let's hear about what it was growing up. Did did Anu really uh, abandon Octavio on this planet? That's what he said. Yeah, at the beginning of the episode, in the top left corner of the screen, it said, Octavio still resents Anu. Get into that. You yeah. have time? What are you fucking around for? <laughs> yeah, you have time. Like, do do Fran or do uh, uh, Anu and Octavio. Like, just give them some, give them a moment. I'm I'm wondering if there was a moment and it was cut. That happens. Maybe. Like, yeah, it's hard to say. Maybe they wanted to make this good. <laughs> oh, man. We, it's, it's not like unplayable, listeners. I, I don't want to make the... Uh, I don't want to make the impression that this was was physically painful to play, or that yeah, it, we would actually say it's worse than a CSI game or something like that. We yeah, you were we you were messaging that. me last night. <laughs> you, what was it you said? You said like there were moments when you were like, I would rather be playing CSI. Okay, and I guess I, I did. I don't think say I could that. go that. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I could go that far, but it's. I, I, w- I would say the shortcomings are all narrative based. Like it yeah. plays about, I mean, it doesn't do anything interesting with the gameplay either. It's not like there it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Yeah, there were a lot of mechanics that were introduced in the first episode, like Octavio's phone and money came back and Anu's scanner, although you do get a brief Anu's scanner moment. And and, uh, like Fran's chair had a lot of a a lot of gadgets that I I think you directly controlled in the first episode, even if they were quick time events and and not Mm -hmm. like a new mechanic. And in this episode... All of it, like all of Fran's chair stuff, is uh, like automatic. It just happens. And Octavio, I don't think uses his phone in a way that you control ever. Yeah, he's just talking to Paco mm-hmm. in cutscenes. Yeah, and like it just happens automatically. He pulls it out as on him uh, on his own. And yeah, yeah, all that stuff happens. Oh, but we have we have Vaultlander battle. We do have a, a vault. So we have our first Vaultlander battle. Um, Re- really yeah. challenges the mind. Yeah, it's it's a it's a thinker. It takes a lot of strategy. <laughs> so yeah, I w- I was wondering what Vaultlander battles look like because we knew that you could play Vaultlanders as a game earlier right. in, in the game. When, once we started collecting them, uh, I was you know you know looking around in the uh, the top menu of the game, looking at the options and extras and stuff. And Vaultlander Battles was grayed out. We hadn't unlocked it as of last mm. week, but now we have because we played an episode and uh, or, or we played a, a Vaultlander battle. There's a Tedior guard who sees you, which is a, a fun-ish <laughs> segment where Octavio thinks that uh, he's going to trick this Tedior guard by solid snaking his way in a box. And like every time the the guard's not looking, I'm just gonna get closer in this crate, uh, with with like a crate over him. Right. And it's it's presented like Metal Gear Solid. There's like a Metal Gear Solid, uh, map in the corner of the screen. It's it's a very loving send up to Metal Gear Solid. And uh, and the, just the very first time the guard looks around and Octavio stops moving in the box, the guard's like a guy in a box. That's weird. Which <laughs> hmm, was funny. Strange. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, but he realizes before shooting Octavio that he's got a vault lander in his pocket. Or yeah, I guess he like dropped it. it or something. Well, it's it was the Flong figure, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Why would he have that one? Did Anu give him that one? I don't yeah, think. I mean I know why they did that. Because yeah, it's the I, only one I that you're it. guaranteed to have, so they had to make the cutscene with it. Right, yeah. It's just it's weird for Octavio to have it, I guess. Yeah, I guess sometime between... There's a montage early in this episode, after they all decide they're working together, but before they go in the sewers, of them just like listening to intel on the radio that Octavio had. Um, mm-hmm. And then eventually Anu realizes, oh, the, the, <laughs> the echo <laughs> in their voices. They must be in the sewers. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Can can I say, can I back up a little bit? Mm-hmm. So normally we've, we've been praising the the opening credit sequences for these uh, Tales from the Borderlands episodes. Yeah. Even the one last episode was pretty good. I did not like this one at all. Oh, I, <laughs> I thought okay. this one's, I, I didn't care for, I mean, it didn't like make me angry. It's not like the worst thing, but it, it's, it's just like you're seeing your friends and people who were helping you out getting captured. Like, all of Octavia's friends get captured. Well, yeah, it, it jumps between gets... that, like, Stapleface and Octavia's yeah. friends getting captured. It jumps between that and 
them just fucking around. They're them, like well, doing them, the wave. They're, they're they're passing the time just listening to the radio, hoping to hear something. I thought yeah, it was but the, fun. I don't know. I don't know. I okay. may may <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just was in a bad state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, the song in that one was Ice Cream by Bonnie Songs. Yeah, I wrote that one down. Another good song, but it is about ice cream and not frozen yogurt, which <laughs> feels like it's close enough that they shouldn't have done it. If it was very <laughs> not on topic, that'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but it's, but it's just ever so slightly off that you notice it more. Yeah, and in their defense. There are undoubtedly more songs about ice cream than frozen yogurt. There's got to be a couple out there. Okay, let's look it up. <laughs> let's look it up right now. <laughs> songs about frozen yogurt. Music about frozen yogurt. This is the part of the episode that our listeners love. Songs about frozen yogurt. Uh, Dove Cameron <laughs> wrote a song called Froyo <laughs> Froyo Yolo. <laughs> in yeah, there we go. Oh, wow. It's on Disney Channel UK. It's like a Disney song. Fro-yo-yo-lo. No way. Yeah, oh, they could have used from that. The, from the show Live and Maddie. It's a show on Disney Channel. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think Borderlands is going to use that. <laughs> Which is too bad because Froyo Yolo really seems up their alley. Yeah, there's a good amount of songs just named Frozen Yogurt or the Frozen Yogurt Boogie. Uh, that came out in the last ten years. <laughs> Frozen yogurt boogie. Yeah, I would. Uh, like, I would imagine that just looking at some of the names of these bands that made them, some of these feel like what what Borderlands would have. I wouldn't have they to just listen decided to them, against but, uh, it. Yeah, the Frozen yogurt boogie. I gotta. I gotta hear it. <laughs> I gotta hear the Frozen yogurt boogie. Frozen yogurt. Oh, we're doing boogie. it here. I'll just. I'll just listen real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you how it is. I'll, I'll jump to the middle of the song. I'm awesome. watching an ad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't keep us in suspense for too long. Okay, I'm in the middle of the song. You know what? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's kind of got like a surf rock vibe. <laughs> Frozen yogurt boogie. Yeah, it's by a band called The Breach. Uh, the official YouTube video of it has 662 views. <laughs> That's not very many. It's not very many. Uh, and and uh, it looks like no comments. Seven comments. <laughs> oh, that's that's not bad. Oh, and, and uh, more than half of them are in Spanish. So that, that oh. might be what this is all about. Cool. Anyway, it could have been that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better luck next time, I Better guess. Better luck next time, Gearbox. You almost got me. <laughs> you almost got Big M, but uh, didn't work out this time. Bonnie Songs they, was good too. That was it was a good. Yeah, that was a fine pick. I liked it. That was not um, the problem with that with this episode. Yeah, but the Vaultlander battle. Sorry, yes, let's, the Vault. Let's get back battle. to that. Yeah, just. <laughs> I thought it might be a chess game. Or like auto chess or uh, like some sort of risk inspired territory capture board game, maybe. Right. Were you expecting what you got? No, I wasn't expecting you hold the vault lander and just kind of hit him with it. Hit the other <laughs> vault lander with your vault lander. 
Yeah. Pretty good, man. It's it's funny. It's funny. And then they, they open the option to like, okay, you can play this anytime you want and from the menu. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> who's doing that? <laughs> yeah. The, the, what, who's going to go into a menu to press the A button repeatedly? It, it lets you press the right a this is one of the times that uh like matching the a button is often asked in this game but this is one of the times where the action that you get for mashing the button is not timed out or you need to do it on a rhythm or something you you can just press it as fast as you can and if you press it as fast as the hand as you can it'll just like you'll hit the other person's figure with your figure as fast as you're pressing the button it's hilarious. Yeah. It's very funny to watch. <laughs> I I like how uh, the damage you do just goes up and up, like into the thousands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these these figurines that you're just slamming into each other have thousands of hit points. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you have like quick time event controls to uh, to avoid damage. So I did not get hit once. Me neither. I was about to ask. <laughs> yeah. And if you win, uh, the TDR guard says that he wouldn't uh, betray you because th- there's honor among Vaultlanders. And uh, <laughs> you've bested him. And you get to steal his Vaultlander, which <laughs> yeah, was Zane. It, is that is that the only one in this episode? I think it. I didn't say I missed any. So, yeah, at, at the end of the episode, if you look at your team score, um. Last time we did this, looking at our team score, it said Vaultlanders found, and then after at, uh, under that, it had three spots. And for me, it was like first one was filled up with the the face of the Vaultlander I got. Second one was empty, and the third one had the the second one I got. So it looked like I missed the one in the middle. Yeah, with this I one, did too. there's only one icon at the bottom. So I think it is yes, the only Vaultlander that you can get in this episode. That's so. That's very weird to me i guess i don't mind that there's not stuff to miss but it's it, it feels weird to introduce that mechanic in the first episode and then just hat the only one in this episode is one you're given yeah well this it, it, it's, it's a shorter episode it, it definitely seems like yeah. it's going to be proportional to how long these ones are i feel like you could have found one like in the vault maybe well that i mean i guess that wouldn't really make sense not who can, a lot of stuff in this game doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah um okay two more things we got to talk about okay one is juniper the the ratch so once you get inside the vault and you start fighting the the secret vault monster that was inside and didn't like leave the vault when you opened it up or when the tur people opened it up mm-hmm. that's the devourer it's a big mess of slimy bones and meat. And yeah, it's, it's messy. Eat anything. So at one point, they're trying to like talk about how to fight it or run away from it together. And you weren't given a choice at this point. Juniper, the ratchet, still with you, just like runs up and tries to fight the devourer on its own. Mm-hmm. And the devourer, true to its name, eats Juniper. Yeah. Um or so I I oh go ahead. Well mine mine did. (laughs) Yeah, mine did too. I was not aware that this is something you could avoid, given that you're not really given any indication of such. 
Well, when it happens, in the upper left-hand corner of the screen, it says, your party was not coordinated enough to avoid this outcome. Yeah, I was like, what? Uh, yeah, what, it, what did it, I though, do? Because like, it wasn't, I, I didn't make a decision that went wrong. When, uh, when Fran was saying, we should stay and fight it, and Anu was saying, we should run away, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be maybe Octavio right now, and I'm going to choose. Right which uh which person to trust and then we'll get on that and my choice will impact what happens here yeah because you get that earlier you have you as ani you yep. choose to, to choose either Octav- octavio or fran so they could have done that again here but no not what happened not what happened so uh <laughs> i guess it's just taking from your your coordination scores that are invisible to you until the end of the episode and deciding, well, if you're coordinated enough, we'll just let Juniper live. And if you aren't, <laughs> you aren't. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Don't know I what just, to tell you. I just watched Juniper get eaten. Same. I feel bad for Paco. I felt bad for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do that. That's fair. That felt bad. That did not feel like... It didn't feel like the game earned it. <laughs> Uh, right. <laughs> yes, that's true. It did not feel like the game earned it. Because, okay, skateboard score. We talked about this last time. Skateboards. Right. Um, it, Last episode, it was like this part of the choices at the end of the episode. It said skateboard scored, but it was like voided out. It says, you can't do this yet. And we were wondering, am I going to be riding a skateboard at some point? No, no, Definitely no. not. <laughs> not, you won't be. Uh... The skateboard score is something that, in fiction, Louis comes up with to monitor your levels of coordination. In addition to the skateboard score, there's the brain and brawn level, which is how much Anu and Fran like each other. Sis and Bro, which is how much Anu and Octavio like each other. And Frogert and Tacos, which is how much Octavio and Fran like each other. And maybe a combination of each of those things averaged together that might be what it is, is your yeah. skateboard score, which is just the, uh, the the whole party as a whole. What's your overall team bond? Uh, yeah. At the beginning of this episode, when Louis comes up with this idea, he says, right now, your current skateboard score is six out of ten skateboards. Uh, it has. Oh, is that to... what he is that what he said for you? Mine was four out of ten. Well, I'm first. looking at. Well, I hate to be this guy to you, Dustin, but I'm looking at your scores that you you posted in Discord, and I'm looking at mine. My skateboard score is a, a bit higher than yours. Yeah. Hate you to know, be that guy. I guess we can't all be winners, but I guess you've earned the right to brag about it. <laughs> well, my yeah. So my skateboard score is six okay what's interesting what's interesting here is that we have the same on and one octavio score and the same octavio and fran score mm-hmm. um, and your anu and fran score is strictly better than mine so on the on the the pair relationships yours are better than mine but my skateboard yet, score is higher yeah i don't understand that well, maybe it's, I guess it's not just an average. Maybe it's also just taking when all three of you have worked together into account. Yeah, um, maybe they just decide they liked you more than they like me. Yeah, my, our current, my current skateboard score is 
Right. Mine's uh, 58. That's okay. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to tell the world your grades. I didn't feel like I had the power to do that, but I frankly, was maybe hinting that you should say it. <laughs> frankly, I don't understand. I don't get where I went wrong. That sounded a lot like a like a Tim Robbins. <laughs> Somewhere our wires got crossed. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong. <laughs> I can't know how to hear any more about tables. <laughs> and we could just do out of context. I think we should leave <laughs> quotes all day. I feel like it would be a better episode. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, So the reason it's called a skateboard score is that Louis says, if you ask Louis why it's a skateboard, uh, Louis says, well, I've just found that when you're ranked out of skateboards, you enjoy it more than hearts and stars or whatever else. People like skateboards. True. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, I can't argue with that one. It definitely got me excited for what a skateboard score could be at the last episode, but... I still, I, I vibe with what he's saying here. That still makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Louis's killing it. He knows what's what's up. <sighs> yeah, so the team lacked coordination when Juniper got eaten by the devourer, devourer for us. But The developer. <laughs> so I, I was wondering if this is always going to happen and the game just says that you lack coordination in order to get you thinking more about coordination in the future. Um, But no, you actually can, I looked it up, you actually can save Juniper here. Okay, so how so? You just have to have a better skateboard score. If you have a better skateboard score at this time, you will do it. This sucks. (laughs) I feel like I did everything right. Uh, No. (laughs) <laughs> no, you didn't. I guess you're right. Well, the results don't lie, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting because like that those scores are dependent, I assume, mostly on how you roleplay the characters talking to each other, which is it, it makes me conflicted as a player in what I want to do there because Am I going to try to make Fran, Anu, and Octavio interesting people by making the choices that seem consistent with the characters they've been so far and consistent with what I would get out of that and and, and what would be fun? Or am I just going to try metagaming it the whole time and say, oh, I'm sorry, you should have your way every time? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm I'm thinking about it right now and... I I I just don't know. Like my first instinct is to say I don't like it. I don't like I don't like having these I don't like needing to play the game the way it wants to be played. I don't like being told sorry you're cho- the way you chose to play this was the wrong way and now you have to suffer for it. <laughs> but then I think about it and I think well that does me make your choices have more consequences to them. It does it does give your choices more consequences. I think this like uh team vibe meter that the skateboard score represents is a very cool addition to the Telltale formula. It's mm-hmm. uh it, it it's one of the few like major changes to the Walking Dead formula I think that we've seen so far. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and and I think that 
it could have been done great. But like in this particular example, I totally agree. Killing Juniper early. Well, you you could read it as, well, it really affected me. I, I really had an emotional reaction. So good job. Or it just didn't seem fair yet. Because I felt like I gave Fran a healthy distrust of Anu because Fran should have a healthy yeah. distrust of Anu. Everything I know about her so far is that she's very against these big, big corporations and their influence over people just trying to live their lives on Promethea. Mm-hmm. So, like, what the game wants me it, it, to do and what it's grading me on doing is, um, like, I should have just said, oh, no, you're okay, Anu. I trust you implicitly because you're related to Octavio. Yeah, it, it's saying you need to make all of these people trust each other right away, whether or not that's believable or not, if you want the best possible outcome. It feels artificial. It doesn't It doesn't feel like, like I said, I do like that it means your choices made this happen and now you have to live with it. Yeah. But it, it just feels so fake. Like it feels like, oh, the only way to make sure that Juniper lives is to cheat the system. Just make sure everyone trusts each other right away and everyone vibes with one another mm-hmm. and then you're golden. You get th- you get what you want that way. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll have to see how the rest of the game pans out, but I could actually see this being a good thing dependent yeah. on, like, it. maybe it's just not as good of a story if Juniper dies or if Juniper lives. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. this is, this was put in specifically to make the player think like, okay, you're probably not going to get that good of a skateboard score the first time around, if you play it multiple times, maybe. But uh, it, it, it'll give you something to think about the next time you do. Um, mm. But maybe if you do the game... If if I had a, a, a greater trust in this game's narrative prowess, which I, I at this point I don't necessarily... But <laughs> uh, if, I, if I did, I would assume that if you played this game again and had a good skateboard score enough, a good enough score to save Juniper that early in the story, the game would, like, talk back to you and say, like, are you, are you trying to game the system? Are you trying to, are you trying to metagame here? These characters shouldn't all like each other that much. Right. I, I, I would, I would be mean to the player if Juniper, if Juniper lives. I would make the game a little bit like, okay, are you really trying to metagame right now? Yeah, I, I, I guess, but at the same time, I don't know how much I would get out of that even. Like, yeah, I if, mean, the I like if the game's, if the game, I like Juniper fine. I wanted Juniper to live, but also like, I, I, what, what would be gained from the game being like, oh, are you trying to cheat the system? Guess what? Fuck you. Now we're going to uh, put something else against you. I mm-hmm. it, even that wouldn't feel like a natural way for the story to continue. It feels like it it goes against the way we've been playing these Telltale games so far. Because I think back to The Walking Dead season one, how we were thinking, oh well, I feel like Lee would do this. This is yeah. exactly how I believe Lee would act. Mm-hmm. But then, what if the game went? Nope, actually, that's not how Lee should act. And uh, fuck you. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's an interesting wrinkle on the fact that these are three characters because they're three characters, they need to be different enough from each other to stand on their own. And because mm-hmm. they're different enough from each other, they need to be very well defined so you see those differences. And right. because they're very well defined, it doesn't necessarily feel as good when I choose to role play the character 
However, I think it should be roleplayed. With Lee, Lee has backstory and tons of baggage, but he is a, a blank slate enough that in the moment, in, in playing through the game, you can decide how you want Lee to act. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want Lee to act this way? Is he is he really a nice guy or is he a conflicted guy? Maybe he's a bad guy that's put in a position where he gets to do a good thing. That's up to you. And I I think that being up to you is why the choices of The Walking Dead Season 1 work so well. And yeah. these, it doesn't feel like it's up to me. I, I feel like I'm being told time over and over, these are just how these characters are acting. Exactly. Which which sucks because you're in that first episode, it's the opposite. In the first episode, it feels like this is, we were going to get something like Lee, where we can choose who these characters are. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And then this episode just immediately goes against it. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, because it feels so different than the first episode, I'm hopeful that other episodes in the future can continue to feel different from each other. Uh, which means Yeah, that, I mean, who knows? Yeah, if that's true, then that means that the next episode doesn't need to feel this way. It could it could potentially be better. Uh, but if this is the if this is the vibe now, uh, not good. Yeah, I I uh, I'm in a way I'm looking forward to playing the next episode just to see exactly what you were saying. Just see like it is this just how the rest of this game is going to be or. Was it a fluke? Like, we Telltale Seasons in the past have had their off episodes. We've had Moai better blues here and there. Yeah. Um, But this... I, I, you know what? I think I would say, CSI aside, this might be the worst one we've done. Yeah, Moai better blues was like... At least it's still Sam and Max. At least I have these consistent characters that I like. It, it was technically off in a lot of ways. It was... Uh, yeah. Like a lot of walking through... It, it it had uh, the aesthetics of going to different places, but it was really just like seven rooms in a line that you yeah. just walk from one end to the other of. And then mm-hmm. you go back and forth through the like the two ends of that a billion times. And the story does not it's not interesting enough to make you want to do that. And it was just kind of a slog. And also the backgrounds were some of the most boring ones we'd seen it up to that point. Yeah. Uh, in, in the series. So like it was kind of this perfect storm of a lot of individual technical things going wrong, but it was still, yeah, it was still a Sam and Max game with this. Um, technically it, it, it's not bad. Technically yeah. you know, it's very triple a feeling, very modern, very accessible, very full bodied compared to almost any telltale game we've played. It's got a lot of money in it and you can see it, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if it's got the core to work this out. It, it don't got the chops. Yeah, and I I hope that uh, for Gearbox to do a game like this that requires them to hire a bunch of people from former Telltale and Mm -hmm. to look at a past game that came out and kind of like save it and bring it back from the dead by making the spiritual successor, I would think that they would have this like really solid, great idea for a for a story that they want that they were inspired by themselves coming up with to finish it and, and put it out there. And right now it just feels like they were somehow under some obligation to make this game. Yeah, it it just it I it just feels like all you're working towards is just getting well, now I guess at the end of this episode we have something else to focus on. Uh-huh. Like we have that green jewel, 
But yeah, that's, like that's this episode, the, that's the 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 bit to focus on from here on out. What's that green jewel about? Is Anu okay? Like, yeah, I don't know. But like this episode was purely, let's get that vault key. Let's open this vault, which we already did. We did that last season, and and that was great then. But here, it's it's just more of the same with characters I don't like as much. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe our... next episode we'll mix it up. Yeah, I, I hope so. I I in. Let, let's talk about our segments because our segments are things we liked. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was your? I'm gonna moment? be. <laughs> uh, Mitchell, I gotta be honest. I wrote down none. I guess. Oh man, I did too. I, but <laughs> I didn't. I didn't one. have. <laughs> okay. What was yours? Maybe. Uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote down Vaultlanders. It was. It was so silly that it. It sort of rolled back into being pretty funny yeah so when we when you first do the vault landers battle i was just i didn't even let the silliness sink in i was just really taken aback by how yeah brain dead it was i guess yeah it's it's like, surprising it's <laughs> it's like being thrown in a pool of cold cold water <laughs> yeah that, that vault landers game it, it's one of those things where like in retrospect, it's like, okay, yeah, that's the joke. It's just this very stupid thing. But when I was doing it, I was just like, my jaw was down to the floor. I was like, is this it? <laughs> is this a whole thing and it's this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it is funny. I like that you're just bashing two toys together like children. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And like they talk about it like it's such a strategic thing that like destiny will decide if you win or not and you're just hammering your fist like that that that's a good enough joke that that to me feels a lot like an extension of the finger guns in, at the end of the first game right but one one thing that kind of soured it for me and this isn't like this is far from the worst joke in the game I don't like that they make Anu, like, so obvious to, that it's so silly. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like you really need to play it straight for it to work. Well, Octavio and, and Fran do. And, yeah, they do, maybe, but... I, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I think it could have been funnier if Anu just buys it. She's like, oh, oh, this is like something they got going on now. Or but if joke, she, like, acts like it's stupid at the beginning, but seeing it convinces her. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that would have yeah. been funny, but it makes it so the joke is Anu's reaction rather than them building it up, and I think that hurts it a little bit. But the gears are turning. I can see the concept of the joke. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, that was really mean. You know what? I'll say my golden moment was the runes, the part with the ceiling, because oh. that also made me laugh. You did not seem like you liked it when we were talking about it. <laughs> No, I did like it. I was I was saying I like that um I like the idea of this culture just having rune installation people. Yeah, cuz you you have to in theory. Like uh, whenever you see etchings on the side of a wall in uh like in, in an Egyptian pyramid with ancient hieroglyphics that probably wasn't just something everyone in this the culture could do. That was probably like, oh yeah, I got to call up my hieroglyphic guy. 
Yeah, they said they're coming around between three and five, so I gotta stay here. I can't go hang out. Have you ever tried carving something into stone? It's not something you can just do with no experience. Yeah, I'm not a flint stone. I have a cousin who is a, a, a oh, what's the name for uh, someone who like does funerals and handles the body when someone dies? Uh, Mortu Mort Mortician. Mortician. Yeah, he's a mortician. Yeah. And uh, he he got pretty good at grave engraving. <laughs> nice. That's a that's a good skill to have. I couldn't do it. Yeah, he's got this classic joke, which is uh, he he. It doesn't happen very often, but he got me with it once when I asked him, ha- uh, "Does any?" Or I asked like the room that we were in, "Does anyone here know how to tie a tie?" And he goes, "If you lay down." <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a thinker. Yeah, you know what that. That is a great joke because not <laughs> everyone can make it. Yeah. <laughs> very, that's yeah, the, that's a very joke you can make if you're a mortician. <laughs> if you're a mortician. <laughs> that's a very specific joke you got. And he said he read the room and he said, ah, I know what to say. Yeah, he, he really, <laughs> he really made I, everyone else who was excited for whatever we were doing that day proud. Can I go on a small tangent here? You gotta. You have to. Because a, fr- a friend showed me something. It ties into being a mortician and death. Um, Great. <laughs> so a friend the other day linked me a tweet, and it made me realize that I really hate novelty graves and gravestones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. he, sent me a, he sent me a tweet that had a, a coffin that was covered in Looney Tunes characters. That doesn't seem cool to me. That's more for like bed sheets. Did they did this person work on Looney Tunes? No. That would that would this, change it to me. That that's that's like yeah. the deciding if that was like Mel Blanc or something. Yeah, and it said that's all folks on his tombstone. That's great. That's great. Whatever. But yeah. no, this was this was something you could buy for someone who is dead. Mhm. And and they had a gravestone a novelty gravestone of Porky Pig that says that's all folks that just seems in very bad taste if you're not somehow immediately connected with the Looney Tunes especially because although I I understand it does sometimes happen most people's graves are taken care of by other people so yeah. someone made this choice for them <laughs> this person better have liked Looney Tunes because that's what I'm giving them. Oh man, okay, wait, hang on. I need, I need to backtrack. I said it would okay. be okay if they worked on Looney Tunes. If I die and you hear this right now and you are somehow in charge of my gravestone, do not put any characters from Jedi Survivor on my gravestone. <laughs> I, I've decided it's actually not cool if they worked on this... Looney Tunes. It's still it's still not <laughs> tasteful. This coffin is owned by Disney. <laughs> This person, this person has a, a Podbean link on their gravestone. What's, what's that about? <laughs> it just it it made me feel an existential dread that I had never felt before. Seeing a coffin and a gravestone designed to be based off someone's interests. Yeah, there's. A, it doesn't matter at that point. In Arlington Cemetery, which is where a lot of presidents and high-ranking military officials are, are buried. Robert F. Kennedy's there. And uh-huh. uh, someone asked Robert Kennedy when he was alive, what would you want on your grave to read? Like, what, what would it say? And he says, I just want a simple white cross made out of two pieces of wood and that's it. And that's what he's got. That's such mm-hmm. a power play. That's such a power play. That's good. Yeah. 
That's classy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can honestly say I would not want that. I'd like my name, at least. Uh, but... Uh, Mitchell, I, what's something I love? What What would you say is something I enjoy? A grave with your name on it. Besides, <laughs> okay, let's say <laughs> I like the game series Crash Bandicoot, which you I do. do. Yeah, you yeah, like I that. love Crash Bandicoot. I do not want my coffin when I'm dead to have Crash Bandicoot on it, saying, <laughs> "Ah, he's dead." <laughs> now, now, Dustin. Yes, <laughs> you, you worked on Mad- Mighty Magiswords. I don't want a mighty Magiswords coffin, no. <laughs> but you worked on it, Dustin. You, have you know to. what? I I feel like that's at least a little more tasteful than just having it be one of your interests. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, Tying true. into your identity and what you've given to this life mm-hmm. at least says something about you and who you were. That's not just, you know what? This guy liked uh, Transformers. Let's put Optimus Prime on that gravestone, and he's saying hello. Well, most gravestones that like I, I've seen buried nearby have uh, it'll have the person's name, it'll have the mm-hmm. range of years that you lived, and yeah. then it might say something like father, son, brother, disruptor. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> disruptor. <laughs> just, 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 uh, just something. It, it'll, it'll yeah. just give you like a couple words of. The kind of person this was. And not even really the kind of person, just like the, the circumstances in which you found yourself. Husband. Uh, tall. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Red hair. Red hair. Good at parties. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. But I think when you make it into like a big, yeah, I got the Looney Tunes coffin. Uh, I, oh. I had a I had a, a theater teacher in high school who repeatedly said that he will make it a point to make his last words. There is another Skywalker <laughs> and then die. <laughs> He's, he yeah, said this so, multiple times. That's fine. That's fun <laughs> enough. Like if it's something you want to do, fine. I just feel like. You don't need to gussy up something that's putting you in the ground. Well, I mean, gussy it up, but just uh, you know, don't it can be don't cla- give make it a Warner Brothers thing. that power over your life. They don't. Yeah, they could take that coffin back whenever they want. Yeah, if you were like the voice actor of Porky Pig, then yeah, I, I by get, all I means, that. yeah, by all means, if it says. He was Porky Pig on the grave. I'll be like, oh, that explains the picture of Porky Pig on this yeah. grave. <laughs> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't mu- want my legacy to be he enjoyed Porky Pig cartoons. Mm-hmm. He 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 lightly enjoyed them enough that one time one of his family members saw him watching it and thought, well, this is my main connection to you. <laughs> You know what would be worse is if they didn't watch Porky Pig cartoons, but the gravestone was on sale. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's like $2, man. We can't sell these Porky Pig stones. <laughs> <laughs> we have a surplus of these Porky gravestones. Get them out of here. <laughs> it was a naturally occurring rock in that <laughs> cemetery, actually. <laughs> we didn't even move it. <laughs> That's just the way it worked out. Pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> 
Speaking of which, who's your weekly guy? <laughs> okay, thank you for getting us back on. I don't know how we got on that topic. <laughs> I I just had to, it just came to mind. It's been bothering me sure. all week. No, I mean, yeah, that this podcast is basically for that. Yeah, this was Dustin's corner. <laughs> My weekly guy is uh it it, it can't <sighs> I think it's just like some of the TDOR people. Uh, there's there's one of them over the radio uh that says like oh we're looking for like a vault detecting machine and then another one says well you should probably just get us a daiquiri device am i right (laughs) i could go for a daiquiri that's yeah that's good i like that too i had juniper Um, written down but uh i i don't like the thing so they did this earlier we didn't talk about this but when juniper shows up Anu and Fran and Octavio are like, Juniper, you're so cute. And they like talk, they have like four different lines about how cute Juniper is. And like Juniper's pretty cute, but I don't, I Juniper's don't like no it when, gorgeous. I don't like it when games tell me to find their characters cute. Yeah. I didn't mind it in Tales from the Borderlands with Gordas, but I think that was just a choice you could make to say. It wasn't like, yeah, you could watch these characters. finds it cute. Yeah. And I, I obviously I said it. <laughs> If if I had the choice to say Juniper was cute, I probably would, but I don't just want them to automatically love this horrific rat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's it's kind of like like ugly dog cute. Yeah, it, it it feels like they're trying to force a Gordas on you. Yeah, well, and then because it's going to get eaten pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so my weekly guy's the the TDOR guy that wants a daiquiri machine. That's a good choice. Uh, under weekly guy for me, I wrote none. I guess. <laughs> okay, you gotta pick one. That we, yeah, th- th- we have a podcast for a reason, Dustin. You gotta pick one. Yeah, but this episode really did not give me much to de- work with. I was, I almost said Louis because I was thinking about like, well, I was thinking Louis did all right. I like his reason. Well, for no. the skateboard s- score. I, I I guess, but I also don't like what Louis contributes to the beginning of this episode besides that, because almost all of his dialogue and almost all of the characters' dialogue throughout the episode can be boiled down to character says something silly, other character responds with, um, actually, that's really stupid. <laughs> or like, um, okay, awkward. Every single conversation in this episode was that. That's an exaggeration, but it felt like it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't tell you I'm, you're wrong. I'm going to say the Tedior guard that you did the Vaultlanders battle with. Okay, I like. I like that he was so dedicated to it. Yeah, I like that he honored the fact that uh, he lost and he yeah. did not narc on you. Yeah, you know what? That's some real character there. Choice cut. What you got? You got one, or did you write no? I guess. um (laughs) yes you did (laughs) no i I didn't write it down (laughs) i didn't write it down but the thing is the choice i wrote down was the fake one this time because i thought it was funny oh let's talk about it um yeah yeah so so it turns out it turns out you do get fake choices every episode yeah last episode we got forging the flaming sword of destiny which was a joke um it it says like oh you didn't do it and then you're meant to think like oh could i have done that 
but but this yeah. time it really hammers in that no these are fake ones and i think because it's more obvious this time it got a bigger laugh out of me because for this time it's under fran and it says uh saving the plumber's marriage <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I I think that's funnier than forging the sword, just because it's it's like obviously not something that would ever come up. But just imagining if it did, it's not something that could come up. But you are like in a sewer, and it's close enough for you to think, okay, this a plumber might have business in a sewer. That's... Yeah, they're good fake choices because they do at least somewhat tie in and seem feasible in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's funny. I think the fact that it's, it's like showing their hand that they're fake a little bit this time makes me not enjoy it as much as the first one. That, that's funny because I feel like it makes me enjoy it more than the first one. The first one, I was just a little confused. Well, the first one I was actually, yeah, I, I guess I was actually convinced like, oh, I, is there something I could have done to make something called a flaming sword of destiny? <laughs> is there a forging mini game I missed? Uh, but this time, the, the, the games, the games. You're show. onto its tricks. I've seen your hand and uh, I know that you don't actually have a plumber I gotta fix. Yeah, and, and I guess I can see either way that either helps the joke or hurts the joke. Yeah, I, I would argue that if you have to, like, debate if a joke is working it is not but <laughs> uh you know see i think it does yeah i think it made the joke work more personality i think that this is a funnier fake choice than forging the flaming sort of destiny just helping the plumber fix his marriage it's benign <laughs> enough that yeah i could have done that in the middle of some of this other stuff yeah, it tells a story, too. When I saw yeah. that, I was thinking, like, how would that have gone? Yeah, you, you start to, like, get an image of your, in your head of Fran just looking down one of the pipes in the sewer and, and seeing someone working on some stuff, and he's, like, crying. <laughs> oh, he's, like, crying. She's gonna leave me because I'm too stinky because of all the sewer stuff. I'm too stinky on account of the sewer. Gross. <laughs> Uh, my choice cut. I I did. I, I'm I'm maybe a a little bit of a wet blanket here. I'm going with a real one. <laughs> no, I mean that's good. I felt bad that I di- <laughs> I didn't have two of my my segments, and then the last one was the fake one. I mean that the fake one's what I did last week. So we've each one done that's it true. now. Maybe we can't anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's <laughs> good rule. But uh, my choice cut is Octavio deciding how to convince Anu to join the party uh mm. this this was a little bit interesting to me because it, i think it it does double duty in saying a lot about what you think octavio is and what you think anu is in terms of what their interests are uh because i i i was coming at this from the perspective of okay everything i learned about anu in episode one that i want to continue choosing as, as anu type choices are that she um is is a businesswoman and, and a scientist who wants to advance themselves in the world, but they really are dedicated, truly, to nonviolence uh, and, and, and peace and, and peaceful resolutions to conflicts that would otherwise begin wars and battles. That's her deal. So for me, I thought it was very interesting to convince Anu, like, hey, you know, you could prevent TDOR from having this massive weapon that they can use against 
average people if you just do this one thing right. And uh, there, you, you chose a different thing, and I, I think that's that's cool that we didn't end up at the same thing because I, I could believe your reasoning for that as well. I, I just think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I could see that definitely. Um, maybe one of the few times where a choice that cool pops up in this episode. Yeah, but that's something. Yeah, it, it did seem to. I guess it's it's not entirely perfect though because it seemed to overwrite if i picked something else like i i picked something that overwrote what i did in the first episode the least amount as possible that was like a priority in my choosing but if i picked right. something else i would kind of just like diminish the choices i already made and and uh either average out the character to being not much of a character or make the character just very contradictory which uh yeah isn't great yeah we talked about that with fran yeah, Fran in this episode, what a what a glow down. Yeah, that's she was great in the first episode, and then here it's just all that taken away. Yeah, I, and I think it just comes back to this point where, like, we knew going into these uh, these two games, Tales and New Tales, that Borderlands was not our thing, and Tales kind was kind of on the verge of of, of changing our minds a little bit. Yeah. about borderlands as a whole and i i think we're being shown no 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 that was that was telltale's venture into this world and, and it was not necessarily the borderlands thing at least as far as i can tell so far uh, yeah and it, yeah. it bums me out that we're probably not gonna get that again like it, this is what tales from the borderlands is now well i mean yeah that that's one of the many reasons that Telltale going out of business in 2018 was kind of rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, then, you know, that's a good point when we get to uh, The Wolf Among Us next year, whenever that comes out. Because that's just by the nature of what it is, it's going to be a different feel with a, with at least a slightly different team than it had when it came out originally in 2014 or 13 or whatever. Right. Yeah. The Wolf Among Us is going to be a different kind of game. Right. It, it, it just, we just got to wait and see whether that's a good thing, a bad thing, a fine thing. Yeah. It might be so close that it's imperceptible, but uh, yeah, it, it also might not be. Yeah. I'm, I'm very hopeful for Wolf Among Us too. And I think even going in, even after finishing the first Tales from the Borderlands and enjoying it so much, I think it's safe to say that both of us assumed we would not be getting that here. Um, not be getting the the Telltale vibes here. Well, just like the exact same vibe. Well, I I, I honestly didn't know they marketed they marketed this game as a spiritual successor to the original Tales. They had people who worked on the original tales on this game they had uh adam told us that there was one of the writers that was uh like one of the bigger writers on this game right i guess i'm just going off of the uh reception it got from people yeah i i mean i looked into it enough but like the reception at large to telltale games got pretty weird near the end that i i felt like i was just uncalibrated from general reception to telltale games at that point right yeah because like people hated those later walking dead seasons and i liked two a lot 
at the end. Yeah, people people hated season two, and playing it again made me like it a lot more than I used to. Not still not as much as season one, but I feel like people write season two off a little bit. Yeah, and it's on on the perfect, other hand, but... I think I probably personally enjoyed The Wolf Among Us a little less than other people said. Like they said, oh, that and Walking Dead season one are some of the best, and like Wolf Among Us is is great, but Wol- Walking Dead season one is to me heads and tails above wolf among us yeah i don't think i'd put wolf among us shoulder to shoulder with walking dead maybe like a tier below because i did really enjoy it and there's some things i enjoyed about it more than walking dead season one but yeah i mean i liked him i'm excited to play uh guardians of the galaxy because i remember that one people didn't really like i remember seeing a lot i think you're that excited was like, because you remember people did not like it well it, it was just it came out at the height of Telltale fatigue. Yeah. I remember that's when I first realized I was seeing reviews saying, oh, it's just more Telltale, more of the same. It's, it's just you, you know what to expect and that's what you get. And yeah. I don't I don't know. Maybe we'll feel that way. Maybe we'll like it more. Maybe we'll like it less. I'm I'm excited to find out. It was a solid five years of them really yeah. just going hard at it feels like more than five years but it it, yeah if you look at the numbers it it wasn't really just from telltale season one to telltale season four with all the other sorry walking dead season one is walking dead season four with all the other uh walking dead style games in there with wolf among us and batman and guardians of the galaxy and game of thrones and tales from the borderlands um yeah i i've heard some good stuff about the Guardians of the Galaxy one, actually. And I've uh, played the Batman one, and I, I liked it a bit. I've heard bad things about Minecraft and Game of Thrones, but we'll see. I guess we'll just see. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's our episode for New Tales from the Borderlands Episode 2, Disruptive Product. Yeah, sorry we didn't like it as much. Yeah, it's on us. <laughs> I'll try better next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine if that was our fault. <laughs> we probably just played it wrong yeah we we didn't <laughs> it, it, it's like understanding the the depth of what kenny's all about and walking dead season two we just didn't get it we just didn't get it the first time. <laughs> yeah sorry everyone we'll we'll do better next time um ooh, there was a there was a, a mcelroy brothers reference in the middle of this episode uh oh was from, there yeah my, the my brother my brother and me podcast Mm-hmm. Uh, on that podcast they named they they always have a slogan for every year right in 2017 was 20 serpentine got a zag on them and the phrase zag on them was a was a choice for like oh. a dialogue choice once yeah was it when uh octave octavia was running from the thing the devourer yeah anu can tell octavio to zag on him that's, yeah, she's a big fan of the podcast. She's a big McElroy head. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, Gearbox, the writers at Gearbox definitely kind of feel like they would be big McElroy fans. I, I'm fairly certain that's intended as a reference. That's a much cooler reference than uh, the Babe reference they had in this episode. Oh, yeah, that one. I don't even want to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good, we don't have to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's been our our show. Uh 
Dustin, anything else? Sorry, I almost called you Justin. Yeah, I I was thinking about <laughs> the McElroys a- for a second. There's a Justin McElroy. If it were anyone else, I would <laughs> I would hold it against you. Wow, we're very close then. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with this episode, or are we we good? There's not much else to talk about. <laughs> well, I guess it's time to just be very nice and then die.